Can you say amen? amen? One of the most dangerous and powerful weapons the enemy will use against the church and believers is division. <clears throat> division through offense, through pride. When personal opinion and preference are more important than unity and the truth of the word of God, the enemy will stir up division. Just like you stir up a fire. It starts with just a little spark, just a little offense. But if not contained, can quickly turn into a raging inferno that will destroy everything in its path. The Bible speaks about preferring others over ourselves. And these aren't going to be on the screen. I'm just going to read these quickly. But Romans 12.10 says, Be kindly affectioned one to another brotherly, in, with brotherly love, in honor, preferring one another. Ephesians 4.32 says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Philippians 2.3 let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness, in humbleness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also you do. First Peter 4.9, use hospitality one to another without grudging. Galatians 5.13, For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to flesh, but by love serve one another. 1 Peter 5.5, 5, Likewise, ye younger, submit unto the, old, unto the elders. Yea, all of you be subject to one another and be clothed with humility. That's not a word we hear much anymore, is it? For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Ephesians 4.2 says, With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. John 13.34 says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that you also have loved one another. 1 Peter 4.8 And above all things, have fervent charity, or love among yourselves for charity and love shall cover a multitude of sins. First John 3:11 says, "For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning that we should love one another." First John 4:7, "Beloved, let us love one another, for love for the love of God, for love is of God, and every one that loveth is born of God and knoweth God." If we know God, we should show love, right? Yes. Romans 12, 16. Be of the same mind, one towards another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low esteem. Do not wise in your own, do, be not wise in your own conceits. Hebrews 10, 24 says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. That's what the Bible says. That's not me just standing up here telling you that. This is the word of God, church. Again, just like last week, these verses that I just read to you are just a small example. Go open your Bible. You'll find hundreds more that tell us to love one another, to forgive one another, to operate in unity. These are just a small example of what the Bible says the church should look like. We are the church, right? But just like, again, we talked about last week, the enemy seeks to kill, steal, and destroy the church just like he seeks to still kill and destroy us. We are the church, and he's out to destroy it. And again, just like we talked about last week, we have to recognize when the enemy is at work in our own lives and in the church. This is where we get excited. Because just like he mentioned in that clip we just heard, when we magnify the Lord, 
more than anything else, guess what? We take away the power of the enemy. When we come in unity and magnify the Lord and keep him in his rightful place, we put the enemy in his rightful place. Right? And when we do that in unity, when that is the most important thing, when that is the most important thing, then we will see the church operate in signs, wonders, and miracles the way that God created the church to be. We will see the church be the church. We will see God inhabit our churches. And I'm not just talking about this building. I'm talking about the church, the body of believers, the body of Christ that we are all called into. We will see the church be the church. And we will see the church be battle ready. Do you want to be a part of a church that's battle ready? Amen. Amen. And then we will see the glory of God. Can you say amen? amen. I, that's, see, I, last week I had to bring some hard stuff, but this week I'm going to be short and sweet, and I'm going to let Pastor Rich come as he comes. <laughs> that's your cue. As he comes, I'm going to read a familiar scripture that we've been reading a lot here lately. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. For though, we speak, so for though we walk in the flesh as mortal men, we are not carrying on our spiritual warfare according to the flesh and using the weapons of man. The weapons of our warfare are not physical, weapons of the flesh or blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying sophisticated arguments in every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against us, against the true knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ being ready to punish every act of disobedience when your own obedience as the church is complete. Can we say amen? amen. Are we battle ready? Yes. Amen. Do we recognize the enemy? Are we going to be on the look for the enemy, on the lookout for the enemy in our lives, in our church? Amen. Y'all battle, y'all battle ready? Y'all battle ready? Amen will come in and beat us up and say that man you've done too much wrong you've you've been away from God too long all the things that he'll all the things that he'll say in our mind in church I'm just telling you that when we submit ourselves and fall humbly before the presence of God at his feet we must be battle ready can you look at your neighbor and say be battle ready all y'all can do better than that be battle ready one more time I heard you all get louder yesterday at a football game, I'm sure. Anywho, the British preacher Charles Spurgeon said this, Satan never kicks a dead horse. The idea being that he will only attack someone who is a threat to him. It's been said before that, that uh, a robber will never rob an empty warehouse. And each one of us, church, the enemy, his sole purpose is to come and destroy, to kill, to take our life, to, to, to ruin our relationship between our loving Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Last week we learned and, we, and Tracy talked about knowing our enemy, knowing how the enemy is a schemer, he's a conniver, that he'll come in and try to slither in our lives and it may not just be in a moment. But it may be a, over gradual, a gradual fade over a period of months, weeks, and even years where you can see people that used to have a relationship with God years ago, but now they're not even showing up to church. Now they don't even speak to the Lord or even get in their word that they have slowly drifted away from the presence of God. Amen? James 4 says this. I did not give this to you, but James 4 says this. 4 and verse 7. Therefore... Submit to God, resist the devil, and he might flee from you. Is that what it says? If we, yes, thank you. Because if we, if we resist the devil, the Bible says that he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he might draw near to you. 
thank you, that he will draw near to you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hearts, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. I love what the word of God says. Verse seven says, he will flee from you. Draw, and number eight says, he will draw near to you if we draw near to him. Verse 10 says, humble yourself and you know what? He will lift you up. We, we have to know our enemy. I love what Tracy, she, she remembers, she brought up Brother Ronnie and Brother Kevin and just told them that these are your plans, that, 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 that I'm, I'm going to send you into the enemy territory. And one did not have anything to go, anything about the territory, anything, no weapons, no, no armor or nothing. But the other, Ronnie, was given everything, the, the weather, what was happening, what, what's going on moment by moment. And I'm telling you, church, that we cannot be, live in this world we cannot live in this world and not read the word of God. We can't live in this world and not have a relationship with God with praying and talking to our Savior every single day, church. We must know our enemy. If you have that issues with lust, there's things that you should know that you shouldn't be looking at. There's places that you should go, should not go, and say, God, I'm not going to go there. Well, God has given me the strength, but I also believe that God has given us wisdom, church. We must know our enemy. And how many times in my life, Lord, that I have made bad decisions knowing that your Holy Spirit was even speaking to me yet, but yet I pushed you away and said, no, I can handle this, God. We must know our enemy, but the next thing that we must know is we must know who we are, church. We must know that we're, if, if we've asked Jesus Christ and we have a relationship with Jesus, we are King's kids men and women of God, that we can walk and know, know that the Lord, I know I spoke with you today. I know that you're with me, that even though that I go through the valley of the shadow of death and I don't even know what's coming tomorrow, I know that you're gonna be there to comfort me, to give me the strength to go through that. This generation needs that church. We must know church that each one of us can have a relationship with God. Each one of us know, each, each one of us needs to know that, that, that Jesus Christ came and died on the cross so that we can have a relationship with a living God that when he speaks, worlds and universes are created. According to the National Wide Barna Study 2015, six, this, is, this is in 2015. 62% of Americans do not recognize faith impacting their identity in any significant way. Which means a majority of people base their identity on something or someone other than Jesus Christ. 62% of Americans. Identity, just so that you know, is, is who a person is or the qualities of a person or group that make them different from others. God has called us to be in this world, but we're not of this world, church. Amen. And how many of you guys know that I'm sure some of you all watched football yesterday and after today, you'll watch some football tonight and on Monday night and on Thursday. But I can tell you right now that those people that are, that those gentlemen that are going on that field, a hundred yards, they've been practicing They've been going and running routines. They've been going and doing so that when, they, when they're going against the opposing team, that they know that, man, when I know this guy's running, that, that I'm going to cover him. I'm going to watch what he's doing. And, I, and in church, we need to be ready. We must get in our word and say that, God, I know that you're coming soon. I see the signs of the times. I'm going to draw closer to you. I'm not going to isolate myself, separate myself from the world and just say, that, man, I'm going to stay here. No, God wants us to come together. God wants us to dwell in his word. God wants wants us to call out to him, church. Sometimes I think it's so easy, but sometimes, honestly, I don't do it too. It's calling upon the name of the Lord. Lord, I'm lost and, 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 I'm, and I'm a sinner without you, God. We must have God in our lives, church. Church, we must know our identity in Christ. 
some of us, I think, that don't, maybe we don't even think about that. Because a lot of us maybe came out of a bad lifestyle or maybe we were doing, we've done things recently and just saying, man, all I can, rem- all I can keep coming back to my mind is, 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 is the things that I've done. And I can tell you that in Christ, we're a new creation. We're a new creature in Christ. The moment that we accept Jesus into our life as Lord and Savior, there's a difference than just knowing about him. But when he becomes Lord and Savior of our lives, we submit to him that our every move that we make is is going with communication with the Father in heaven. Father, I'm going here and I'm doing this. I'm just telling you, church, that we need to be in communication with God. Our true identity is found in Jesus Christ. When we surrender our life to God, there's something about surrender, church, surrendering our life. Surrender comes with God. I'm not going to do this anymore. I even, I'm just telling you, it's just as easy that when we start worrying about something, saying, God, it's in, it's in your control. I'm concerned about my family. I'm concerned about my kids. I'm concerned what the doctor says. All this that's going on and saying, man, you know what, God, I'm submitting it to you and I'm surrendering. My, I'm not going to worry about this because you've got this. You'll give me the strength day by day when I wake up every morning. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And what does all say mean? All, that's all. All is everything. We are a new creation. Our past is gone. We're not defined. I'm just telling you, church, there's somebody here that you're past, the decisions that you made, still the enemy's coming, and that's who you are. No, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation, that you have his characteristics now instead of what you used to be. Well, you used to drink, you used to sleep around, you used to do drugs, you used to cheat, you used to lie, you used to gossip. Yeah, that's all in the past. So get thee behind me, Satan, in Christ. I'm a new creation. I'm a new creature. Creature. But how many of us, church, in, this, in, in, in the world allow the enemy access to our mind over and over and over again, and we even start speaking out what comes to our mind? I'll never amount to that in anything. I'll never do anything, anything good because, you know, this is the way my mom was, my dad was, my aunt was, my grandpa, that this is, what was, this is just who I'm supposed to be because this is in my family. That's a lie, church. Just because alcoholism is in your family does not mean that you're going to be an alcohol, alcoholic and, and, and that your children will and your children. Sh- no, I don't believe that. I don't believe that fear has to run in, in a family either. I don't believe that anxiety. Well, that's the way my grandma was. That was the way. No, in Jesus name. No, it's not. We need to take the characteristics of our Lord, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and say, Lord, I'm in you. I'm in you, Lord. I submit my life to you. I submit to you, Lord Jesus. And then when we start reading or you start, and you start praying, and all of a sudden God says, man, you know what? You've been opening your mouth too much, and you've been gossiping, and you need to stop that. That all of a sudden the first thing that we do, we fall on our knees and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry that I've been walking around with bitterness and anger and resentment in my life. Lord, save me. Change me, Lord. I can't, Pastor Rich. I'm just telling you, you can't in yourself. You're right. But in Jesus Christ, we can. Church, I've seen him take people, and y'all may know people that, that they were, they were character, their characteristic used to be they used to party, and they would party hard. On Friday and Saturday, they wouldn't even get up till Sunday night. And then see God get a hold of that person the same way, and they go after God, and, and nothing stops them to where they get up, and they may, they may fall down, but they get back up again, and they're pursuing God's presence to where their past does not dictate who they are for the future. Shame on, us, shame on us if we look down at somebody that used to be that way and they're coming and they're trying. That man, I'm just telling you as Christians, like, like Tracy said today, is that we need to be unified. That we need to be there to support one another and help one another and say, you can do that. 
man, they've been up here 12 times. That's great. This the 12th time may be the time that they, that, that they really just release everything and let all that go. We are brand new in Christ. In Christ, I am dead to sin. R Romans 6, 11 says that likewise you also reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Christ Jesus. We need to keep that church. We need to know that in Christ Jesus. It's in Christ Jesus that, that we're made new. In Christ Jesus, I'm dead to sin. Romans 8, 17, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, they're heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Amen. First John 3, 1 says, behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it does not know him. The world's going to know if we love Christ by what? What did Jesus say? By our love. Didn't he say that? Once again, it's not that we accept everything that goes on. No, we don't accept sin. What, we, what we're going to do, we accept the sinner, church. Come down at the altar and we'll pray with you. And, and Lord, in Jesus' name, help them. Give them the strength through the Holy Spirit that they can be, be delivered. I believe in deliverance, church. I believe in deliverance. Galatians 3, 26. Now I'm just, I'm just talking about identity because I believe that, that today, church, is that I believe the world is just saying that trying to, to put all these other different identities upon us. You can, you can be the, have this identity. You can do this. And no, I'm just telling you, with the word of God, we need to stand upon the word of God. He has called us that if, we are, if we've submitted ourselves to him and we've asked Jesus Christ, that we, Lord, come into my life, change me, that, Lord, we are changed in Jesus' name. Galatians 3.26, for you are sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Know that you're a child of God. He says this multiple times because he wants us to know that we are his. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. Say faith faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Jesus Christ came and died on the cross for every single one of us, church. Our life is now Christ's. And then, Lord, what you want me to do and what you want me to say, Lord, as I go into my workplace, as I go into my family, Lord, if, if I need to do something, Lord, Holy Spirit, speak to me so that I can be able to be your vessel to be poured out when I'm told to be poured out. Isaiah 49, 16 says, Behold, I have engraved you in the, on the palms of my hands. We must know our identity in Christ. We must know our enemy. We must know who we are. But we also must know that we must have our armor. We must know about our armor. And Pastor Rich, uh, they, we've talked about it before, and I know about the armor. I know about the, the breastplate, and, and, and I know about, the, about my feet being shod with the preparation of peace. I know that all that, but I'm just telling you, are we putting them on? <clears throat> the Bible references to armor and the importance of wearing armor when charging off into battle. You can look all through scripture and you can see where armor was war. And, 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 and look at Saul's armor. King David was going to go fight a giant. And you know what Saul said? Wear my armor because, you know, it's been tested and it's been tried. Wear my armor. But what happened when David tried on his armor? It wouldn't fit him. It was, it was not David's armor. It was Saul's armor. But you take a look at Goliath. And he had armor on, but I can just tell you, when God is involved, it doesn't matter what armor that you wear. He'll have a small shepherd boy take a rock and sling it at a guy full of armor, almost 10 foot tall, start flinging it around. And when God says, release it, releases it, it embeds it in, into this giant's head so far that it knocks him out. 
Goliath started to when King David started walking towards him. What have you brought? Brought a dog to me? What do you? What? What? Started mocking him. Did that affect King David? Not. 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 Nope. I've come here to do one thing. He was battle ready. He was proven that when the lion and the bear came, that he was proven to protect his flock, his sheep. Who's this uncircumcised Philistine that is here saying these, these cursings to our God? This generation, we need to rise up and say, you're not going to talk about our God like that. You're not going to treat him that way. Well, you know how big the giants are? Yes, but I'm telling you, with our God, all things are possible. And giants can fall once again. The giants of addiction, the, the, the giants of lust, the giants of, of bitterness and rage and all the stuff that's going on in the land. Think about it, church. You just need to do it this way. I believe that there's great instruction that we need to get from men and women of God, but I can just tell you there's nothing about, nothing like getting in the word of God and God says, I want you to start wearing your armor. You see, the problem is, is that we wear armor that is, that sometimes is comfortable. It may not be the helmet of salvation right now, or it may not be the sword of the spirit, but my, we must put on the whole armor of God. Because I could have the same two young men, Ronnie, and Kevin come up here and say, I want you to battle one another and give Ronnie all the armor, all the, the sword and the shield and say, now I want you, I want you to just fight Kevin with no, nothing at all. Kevin may know how to fight, but I'm just telling you, with a sword, are we all prepared for battle every day that we get up? We get up and we turn on the news and you know what? The enemy is right there in the news. We turn on our cell phone to, to listen to a podcast and also we put it in our ears or we just listen to music. There's some music out there that is great and worthy of listening to, but there's also some things that just because it's a beat or just because we like this person when we were a kid and they're saying things and they're preaching things that we don't need to be listening to every single day. We need to know our enemy, church. We need to know who we are in Christ. How many people are just afraid of, of, of not moving forward because they've been, time and time again, they've been paralyzed by the enemy. They've tried to step forward and all of a sudden it seems like everything is falling apart. And so they back up and say, man, I can't try anymore. We're made more than overcomers, church. By the blood of the lamb and the word of what? Our testimony. We're not called to wear faulty physical armor of Saul or Goliath we must put on say put on the unfailing armor of God there's something when we put on that armor church when we put it on and it's not a physical armor but it's a spiritual armor when we actually put it on every single day as you go out into your world and we put the helmet of salvation on and the sword of the spirit and we put on I'm just telling you The moment that, that Paul wrote this letter to Ephesians, he may well have been very chained to a soldier, a Roman soldier at that time. Paul could see firsthand how frail were the defenses of man against the prince of, of darkness. Do you remember Tracy talking last week? There's a prince of the power of the air, Satan. He was cast down and this is his realm, church. And in Jesus Christ, we're more than overcomers. You can through Jesus Christ, you can overcome depression. You can overcome, you can overcome suicidal thoughts. You can overcome addictions in Jesus' name. But truthfully, honestly, a lot of us look a lot of different places rather than, than starting out with Christ. If I can just Google, and I know Google will tell me what is right, or I can just talk to a friend, and I'm not against doing that, church. I'm just saying if it takes precedence over you going first before God and say, God, this is where I'm at. This is what is going on, Lord, and then, then get in your word. God will speak to you in your word. You know I'm going to go there, but can you go to Ephesians chapter 6? God is good, church. All the time, God is good.
I just got thinking though, if we truly love our family, I'm just saying our family, we would tell them that there's a battle out there spiritually. I can tell you, I love my children. They can drive you crazy sometimes, but I can tell you there's nothing in the world like having your children come up and give you a hug and say, I love you, Dad. And not being able to say that, man, you know what, Jessica, Jonathan, Josie, Jacob, there's, there's a world out there. There's an enemy that seeks to devour you. There's an enemy that is out there and you've got to have a relationship with God. It's not just because we're pastors and it's not just because you're raised up in church and you went to Sunday school and you went to children's church, junior kids church, children's church, you were in the youth group. I'm just telling you, that doesn't matter to the enemy. It's having them say, you've got to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You must nurture that. You must have communication with him every single day. He will be there with you. Yes, you may go through hard times. The doctor may say you may, may have to have heart surgery. The doctor may say, man, you know, you may have to have brain surgery. But I can tell you, we're going to have faith in God and more, more than we have in the doctor. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 says, finally... My brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, if you notice, go back to verse 10, please. That's a capital H-I-S, which means it's the Lord, correct? Not in our strength or our friend's strength, but it's in his might. In his might. Verse 11 says, put on, say put on the whole armor of God <clears throat> that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil which we learned about last week for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places therefore say therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand You'll notice as we get reading more and more that Paul was speaking to us to, that we have to do things too. Did he not say, put on? I'm sure some of you guys that got ready today that have small children, you do, I'm sure some of you all said, put on your shoes, we're getting ready to go to church. Put on your coat, put on your... Uh, they had to do something. Well, I'm a Christian and, and I know about God, but I'm telling you that we have to put on the armor of God. We have to put it on. And the next thing that he tells us to do, we've got to stand. The enemy's going to come up against us, but you know what? The, that, that he has given us all power and all authority in Jesus Christ. Stand. Verse 14 says, Stand therefore, having gird your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Are you walking in peace today? You didn't have to answer. I just was asking you a question. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you can, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always, praying always, praying always with all prayer, supplication in the spirit. I know it didn't say that, but I'm telling you, there has to be emphasis. Church, we've got to be praying. It's just not even at five o'clock when we have five, five o'clock prayer. It's praying all the time. Well, Pastor Rich, I'm driving. I'm not saying that, that you have to close your eyes when you pray. I'm not saying that you have to pr just pray for your meal. It's, it's, it's a position of our heart, church. And I'm just telling you, watch, as you start praying and you en enter into God's presence, God will all of a sudden start, start saying, man, you need to start praying for them. Just even bring their face to your mind. Or just remember that somebody had mentioned to you at church, man, I'm going through a hard time with my family. I've been praying for my kids that I haven't spoke to in over 20 years. And I'm just, you start calling out their name and say, God, remember them, Lord. Remember them, Lord. And start praying and crying out in Jesus' name. The first thing, one of the first things the enemy will do when he's tacking a place, he'll stop, he'll stop communication with one another. Think about it. Knocking out communication to where they can't talk to, to the main headquarters. And then from there, I'm just telling you, if an enemy could come in and cause division amongst themselves, they can just stand back and watch, watch, watch their, 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 enemy, their enemy come in and, and watch them destroy themselves. 
They don't have to take any effort. They've come in and sown something and they've, they've done this and then all of a sudden just stand back and watch how they devour, how, how the people that used to fight together and, and used to go after the enemy together, now they're at odds with one another and they're, and they're fighting and they're arguing and, they're, and, and just, man, I'll just step back and watch this whole thing destroy. We must take on the whole armor of God. I'll continue. Verse 18, praying always with all prayer, supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. I believe that through the Holy Spirit, every single one of us here can be bold in the Holy Ghost. I'm not saying that you go to 7-Eleven and everybody at the Slurpee machine that you start telling them that Jesus is coming back and they're dying and going to hell. But I believe that when a moment arises that you can be able to, and God says, I want you to pour out now. You've been praying and you want me to be able to use you, that you can be, when you're there at a, at a workplace and somebody that never talked to you that all of a sudden walks up and says, man, can you just pray for my family? Can you just remember me in prayers? You guys are praying at home. Can, can you go to your church and tell your church just to be praying for me? You can be at a restaurant and somebody can fold a piece of paper and walk up and say, man, I, I, I know you go to a praying church. Can you just remember my family? My, my mom or my aunt or my uncle has cancer. Can you just remember to pray for them? Prayer is so important, church. Can, can, can I just read it in the Amplified, please? It's 11.20, so we're looking good on time, y'all. Oh, you just looked at your It's 11.45. It's good. Just joking. I love to hear y'all laugh sometimes. It's good. Amplified says this. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from him and be empowered through your union with him. See, that is so awesome to me because we have to draw our strength from, from the Lord and be empowered by the Lord with our union, with our connection with him. Amen? The enemy doesn't want us to be connected to the Lord. That's why he tries to come in from church to church. Where I'm just telling you, can you just imagine that just the churches in Pasco County that could get together and say, we're going to start praying for our families and start praying for our communities in Jesus' name, that there'll be deliverance, that the streets that used to be so drug infested, that Lord, that all of a sudden, that the drug lords will, will be saved in Jesus' name, that all of a sudden they won't be pushing drugs anymore. They'll be pushing Jesus Christ. Well, Pastor Richard, your, your dream, and I'm just telling you that there's... I believe that when we come together in unity, look at what happened in Acts. Start reading today in Acts chapter 1 and read what happened, how communities and, and whole, whole towns were transformed over for, for Jesus Christ. Think about it. Look at, look at revival history, church. And, and, and if you don't believe me, go watch where they would have to shut down bars because people wouldn't go in there and get drunk anymore. That jails they would have to close up because people weren't doing anything wrong. Starting at verse 10, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from him and be empowered through, the, through your union with him. And in the power of his boundless might, put on the full armor of God. For his precepts are like the splendid armor of, the heavy ar of a heavily armed soldier. So that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against one another, y'all. It's not. The enemy wants to bring it into that, into that atmosphere. That it's, 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 it's against the person that, that took my seat last week. I've been sitting there for 12 years and somebody came in. And then I'm just blessed. Thank you, God, that you're filling up my seat. Move to a next seat and start praying for that seat. That God, I pray that when I come back next week, that you know what, there'll be somebody else sitting in that seat. And just, just watch what God can do. If we would just change, shift our thinking just a little bit instead of getting angry about some of the things that we get angry and say, God, I'm going to twist that on the enemy. And the enemy wants me to get mad about that seat. You know what? Nope. I'm going to start anointing that seat and I'm going to start praying that somebody will show up and take my seat. Amen. 
Oh, I've seen some of y'all were looking and all of a sudden where you used to sit and somebody sitting in your seat. And, somebody just took our seat. Do you see what? Where can we sit? There's plenty of places to sit. And I'm just telling you, you're welcome to sit up front. You're welcome to come sit on the floor. You're welcome. I'm just telling you. Can you just imagine if, if all of a sudden that people would start praying, that we would start praying. And I, this is for me. I'm not, I, we need to start praying that where we sit, God, send somebody in to sit here. Send somebody to sit here. Somebody that doesn't know you. Somebody that is that is that right now is going through something. God, send them in. I'm just telling you, if we have to get more chairs, then we'll get more chairs to pray for. But I'm just telling you, I think that that's a great place for us to start. Because the enemy will try to come in. And he'll try to get into our mind. And that's where, in just a moment, we're gonna, we have to put on the full armor of God. Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness against the spiritual forces of wicked dark wickedness in heavenly supernatural places. This is my favorite. Therefore, put on the complete armor of God. Because I think that you can just I'm just I'm just saying I'm going to bring it into football because I know a lot about football. <laughs> That's a joke. I, I know you I don't know a lot anyways, um, but I do know that if you have a quarterback that's very, very good, you want to have an offensive line that is going to protect that quarterback. And most definitely, you would not even, no matter how good that he is, you would not send him out there, send him out there without the proper foot attire, without the proper um, pads, you would, or even the helmet. Well, man, I don't need a helmet. I, I, I get encumbered by the helmet because I can't, see, can't, I can't see all the way to my left and to my right. No, I'm just telling you, you would tell them to put that on because if somebody hits you, a 425 defensive lineman comes in and hits you as hard as he can uh, and, you, and your head hits the ground, there's going to be complications. Oh, uh, no, I'm strong enough. You see, that's where we get foolish. We'll sit here and in the physical realm, we'll say that, man, if you're running track, you have to have certain shoes to run track. If you're in soccer, you have to have certain shoes and certain equipment. If, if we're in baseball, the same thing. You're not going to wear a football helmet to a baseball, to, to, if you're a player in, the, in the baseball. No, you're going to have certain attire for the sport that you're playing. Right? Same way that it's, it's in physical warfare. I can just tell you, there can be a battle in Alaska, but you certainly wouldn't wear what you would wear if you're in the desert. You're going to be, you're going to have your, your, warf, your, your attire is going to be to, to the landscape that you're in or, or who the enemy that you're facing. But I just wonder how many of us go and try to fight the enemy. I am putting on the full armor, but I have not put on the helmet of salvation. I've not put, have my feet shod with the preparation of peace. See, Paul says, put on the full armor of God. He doesn't say, put on, sometimes, just put on your, the shoes and maybe put on your hat. No, he says, put on the whole armor of God. We must put on the full armor of God. Therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger. See, to me, that's why we have to put on the full armor of God. That's why when, when people come and rededicate their lives, they've got to get back in the word. They have to learn, have to, well, Pastor Rich, what are you meaning? Is it, is, it, is, it, is it something that I physically see that I put on? Am I putting on a helmet? No, that we learn and teach them that, that as Paul has specifically said, each each part of the, of, of, the, of the armor is there for a purpose. I'm just telling you, I know that it sounds silly, but I'm just telling you, I would not put my helmet on my feet. And I certainly wouldn't put my shoes on my ear because I can be able to, I can know that I, that I can run really fast with these shoes, so I want to hear faster, so I'm going to put them on my ears. You'd look and say, well, you're crazy. We need to properly wear the armor that God has given us. Because I think that I can just tell you right now, I can tell you how I go after God and, and how, I, how I put on the armor of God every single day. But I can tell you that just like each one of us needs to do that individually. I can't come, put, come and put on the armor on my kids or on my wife. She, they have to put it on themselves. I 
just love how he says this, resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger and having done everything that the crisis demands to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, immovable. And what does he say? Victorious. That was verse 13, Miss Bethany, if you go back just so they can see it. Right there, in your place, fully prepared, immovable, victorious. See, to me, I take that if I'm going to stand and I stand firm where God tells me to stand firm, that I'm going to be victorious And if it's just me standing there. There's some things that I've done wrong, church. There's some things that I've done where I've stepped in and, and I feel, God, if, if, I can just, if I can just be in this situation and try to change it, if I can just talk to one of my family members, that I can make it better. And sometimes God is saying, step back. I'm working in ways and areas that you don't even know about. All you need to do is get on your face and start praying. I've tried to step in and say, man, that I try to explain something or, or tell something to my family. And all of a sudden God says, man, you know what? I'm just messing up something that I, I have already told you to step off. Submit it to me and I'll take care of it. When I, when I tell you to talk, then you need to talk. Verse 14 says, so stand firm. Right there, how many times have we heard stand? We must stand, church. If you're 80 years old, stand. If you're 20 years old, stand. Stand firm in Christ Jesus. Stand firm and hold your ground, having tightened the wide, the wide band of truth, personal integrity, and moral, moral character, courage. Excuse me. That's the band of truth. The, 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 the belt of truth holds everything together. In Bible times, the girdle about the waist held together the soldier's garments, which might, might otherwise hamper his movements while marching or engaging in combat. The spiritual significance is that God does not simply want us to point, point at the truth. He wants us to wear it and have it wrapped around us, church. The truth, the truth of God. That we, that we would be, and when we say that we're followers of Christ, that's what a Christian is. That we would be men and women of integrity. Men and women, yes, I'm, I'm just telling you, we're, sometimes we make bad decisions. We say things off the covenant. We say things are wrong. But at that moment, that's when we say, God, forgive me. I'm sorry. Forgive me, Lord. That was even though a small thing of gossip or it was a small, small thing of, of that I treated them wrong. Lord, forgive me. We must have the belt of truth, church. We must have that band of truth, have that personal integrity and moral courage around our waist, holding everything together and having put on the breastplate of righteousness an upright heart. The breastplate also was called the heart protector. It extended from the neck all the way down to the hips. It protected our heart, y'all. It's not our own righteousness because the Bible says our righteousness is his filthy rags. It's the righteousness of Christ, in Christ, protecting our life, protecting our, our, I'm just telling you, if an enemy could get to a person's heart with an arrow or with something else or, or a sword, sword, that's what he would want to do because he knows if I can affect the heart, I can affect the whole body. So that's where we have to watch what we're thinking because what we think if we're not careful and with that, that it can start consuming and start come, becoming part of, of, of what, how the heart thinks and how the heart, heart is. The breastplate protected the front torso and all of the vital organs from a fatal wound. The breastplate could be composed of a solid piece of metal and it could be also contain numerous small pieces that were sewn together that overlapped that almost looked like, like scales of fish, fish. The breastplate is the only thing standing between the enemy and the soldier's heart. The breastplate of righteousness is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Righteousness in Jesus Christ. Amen. And verse 15, and having strapped on your feet the gospel of the preparation of peace to face the enemy with firm-footed stability and the readiness produced by the good news. A lot of times we, we nowadays wear the footwear that is going to help accent the attire, correct? 
And those shoes really make that whole outfit pop. Man, it looks really nice. But you see, when you're fighting a warfare, that, well, a warfare against an enemy that really doesn't care whether those red shoes match that red shirt or whether, whether those are Nikes or whether they're Pumas or whether they're whatever that... What, we must have, it's, if it's in Christ Jesus and something is going on, we can have peace in our life. I can just tell you right now, if I, was, if I was running, if I could run fast and I was in track, there'd be different shoes that I'd wear than if I was going to go play basketball. Basketball shoes will be a lot different than what I would do if I was going to go play football. And I just think that if we have this mentality of we can do this in the physical realm, well, why not in the spiritual realm? That, God, I want my life, that I want my life to be prepared. That, Lord, that where my life, where you're taking me in my, in my life, that, Father God, that I'll be prepared to share the word that you tell me to, to share. That I also know that if I have a ten, if, if I go down this path and I'm going in the valley of the shadow of death, that I, should, that I know that you're with me. That your rod and your staff are going to protect me. That I'm going this way because, Lord, that I know that, that it may not just be for me, but it may be for my family to see. It may be for my friends at work to see. It may, it may be, God, that, that what you're going through, what I'm going through and you're sending me through, that, Father God, it may be scary, but I know that I can have peace in you because I know that you're walking there with me. Israel was told to have their shoes on their feet as, as they ate Passover dinner in order to be ready to travel. And I got thinking today, church, as y'all, as we all were singing together, is that it's great we can we can sing and we can we can come together in one mind, in one accord, and 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 the musicians are playing and the singers on here are singing and y'all are singing. It's all one voice, church. It's all one voice that we're singing and praising God. Lord, let us become one. Let us be in unity, like in in chap in, in Acts chapter. But let us be ready. How many of y'all have talked to your kids? You don't have to raise your hands or even laugh. But you've told them and you're getting ready to go out to eat and you, it takes you to get 45 minutes to get ready and you, and you know, I'm going to be ready in 45 minutes. I need to have everything ready. And you go out and your son or your daughter is still sitting there in their pajamas. And you say, man, does that frustrate you? I know that's a silly little example, but are, are we ready for Christ's return? Are we ready that when we go into work tomorrow, that God, God has this all set up that, man, I, this person that has been uh, waving, uh, on, on teetering, on, on, on coming back and following me, that, that you know what, the being ready, that, Father God, that, I, that Lord, let me be able to, to walk the way, the, where you want me to walk and speak what you want me to speak. And at that moment, I'm just telling you, I've heard testimonies in the last couple weeks, the last couple months, where all of a sudden somebody would just say, man, you know what, I feel like reaching out to somebody, giving them a call and inviting them back to church. And you know what, the next week they're here in church I think that it's all of our responsibility not just our not just the pastors or the praise and worship team it's all of us to be able to the, the circle that we have to tell people that man we need to get you need to get ready and it's not if it's not even coming to this church but gathering together in, in, in God's name and saying that we've come together father for one thing and one purpose is to exalt you to praise you father God and I'm telling you, at those moments when we do that, God's Holy Spirit will come in. And I'm just telling you, he'll start speaking to you if, if we're ready. If you're ready. Maybe you're still thinking about the list that you're going to get at Walmart after the service. Or maybe you're thinking, that, man, if we just get a couple minutes early, I don't have to wait in that line. But I'm telling you, that can wait. Because I'm telling you, what is happening right now is a lot more important than, than a lunch after church. What is happening in here is a lot more important than getting groceries for the rest of the week. I'm not putting that down, y'all. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that sometimes that this time here should be God's time. Because remember, we're talking about being battle ready. We're talking about being ready for battle. The, the battle, not just for our church, but individually, church. The shoes, the foot is a symbol of direction or walk of a person's life. Having our feet shot with a, shod with a preparation of the gospel of peace gives us good footing and prevents backsliding. The shoe of a soldier provided a firm footing for battle. And as we involve the spreading of the good news, it will strengthen us and others against the enemy's attack. Isaiah 52, 7 says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of them that bringeth good news, that publisheth publisheth peace that brings good tidings and good things and salvation. Amen?
verse 16. Above all, lift up the protective shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And see, to me, that's where I go back to the word A-L-L, all. It doesn't say that it's going to just do some of them, church. It says it's going to do all of the flaming arrows. But I'm telling you, I've got to take up my, my, I have to take up my shield and be able to use it in order for them to be extinguished, right? I don't need my, I don't need the, 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 the shield, uh, shield right, right now. I, I don't, it's, it's too cumbersome. No, it says above all, lift up the protective shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. The shield, the warrior shield was the first line of defense. The Roman shield was full length, weighed about 22 pounds, and would often, sometimes, even be soaked in water to help extinguish flaming arrows fired from behind the enemy lines. It was heavy, sometimes cumbersome, but was a lifesaver on the battlefield as it protected the un unarmed flank of the soldier and could be used to protect a comrade in arms and occasionally to help to use as a weapon also. Flaming arrows may be an, an imagined from a history book, but the tactics of the enemy are to erode and destroy godly things in our life through doubt, condemnation, fear, apathy remaining the same. The enemy doesn't want us to come to church. Let me tell you, he's not concerned if we come to church. It's when we start changing church. That when we start looking at one another and say, man, you know what, if, if I've done something, I'm sorry. And, and, and start healing. Healing takes place in the body of Christ. Because I think that all over the world, how many people are on a Sunday meet thousands, maybe millions. But are we leaving differently than when we came in? Are we taking one thing from what the pastor said or the evangelist said or the teacher said? Are we taking one thing and saying, I'm going to remember this and I'm writing it down that, I'm, that I need to work on this area. I need to have more faith or I know that I have not been putting on the full armor of God. I've been picking and choosing. Man, I don't like the helmet of salvation right now. And I'm, because church, we've got to pull down the whole armor of God. Faith is a quality applauded by Jesus in Luke 7, 9, necessary for miracles in Mark 10, 52, and in evidence of our trust in our Lord, Hebrews 11, 1 through 40. We've got to have faith, church. Well, Pastor Rich, I prayed about it, and, and I did have faith, but it, it just seemed like it, 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 it didn't happen. I'm just telling you, church, just because we need to have faith in God that, Lord, no matter what's ha what happens, and the best example I can give you is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You're going to bow down to this idol the next day. I'm telling you right now, you're going to have a change of heart, because if you don't, we're going to throw you in the fire furnace. I really don't care what you say, King. Whether we've thrown in, in thrown in, in, whether God delivers us or whether we get thrown in there and we get burned up, it, it, it doesn't. We're still going to praise God. You're, what you're doing right now is not going to stop my praise. And see, some of us need to get that much stick to itiveness in our life that I may be going through stuff right now. I may be going stuff in my workplace, in, 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 in my home, but Father God, I will still praise you and I'll still glorify you that, Lord, that no matter what happens, I'll give you glory and praise as I go through it. That's what Paul and Silas did whipped him and beat him and thought, man, I, I, the enemy thought that he had him, but you know what? They, they threw him in the inner dungeon and the inner dungeon was just a place that they could be able to be set in the center to where, you know what, when they sang, everybody could hear him. Maybe where you're placed right now is exactly where God wants you. Well, Pastor Rich, you don't know how hard it is. No, I don't, but I'm telling you, what if God has you there because now all eyes are on you and now all the glory and honor can be given to God. And take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. Church, we must have the word of God. We must, I'll say it again, we must have the word of God. It's not just an occasional reading that we should do this. This should be a daily reading. This is how our Lord and Savior communicates with us through his word. One of his avenues that he can talk to us. But, it's, but I'm just telling you that how many of us know about the word, but we don't read the word. It's important, church, that we have, that we, that, 
that we have the helmet of salvation. Any soldier on the battlefield without a helmet was asking for injury. Salvation thinking, well, salvation will, pro will protect our mind and therefore our actions and our attitudes to consider everything you do through the filter of Jesus' death, resurrection, and the blood. The price he paid for our forgiveness will empower us to be proactive in pursuing discipleship on the battlefield of temptation. How many of us, that, 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 that I'm just telling you, this is where the enemy comes, church. The enemy comes, and I'm just telling you that what Jesus did, I believe that when, I believe that when he went into the desert for 40, sorry, the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, the enemy came at the end of that, at the end of that, and you know what? He started saying, well, just make these stones, stones into bread. You know, cast yourself down. And you know what Jesus said? Jesus defeated the enemy with what the word of God was saying. That's how we defeat the enemy. If you have a problem with lust, if you have a problem with worry, if you have a problem with anger, I'm just telling you, start finding scriptures. And when that person cuts you off tomorrow morning down I-75, and normally you would follow them for the next five miles as, as tight as you can, that all of a sudden you back off and start saying, man, you know what? I have these six scriptures that I'm going to have the, the Bible app start, start saying to me right now because I'm going to hear it over and over again to where all of a sudden now we're doing something different rather than feeding what, what man, you know what? That's just how I am. No, you can be changed in the name of Jesus. That's not your identity anymore. Helmet of salvation, shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit. I'm just telling you, some of us need to take the sword of the Spirit. We need to take it. I'm just telling you, and, and that's how we defeat our enemy. The Apostle Paul is clear about our responsibility being battle ready. He invites his fellow Christians to put on verses 11 and 13, to stand 11, 13, and 14, and to take up, and lastly, and to pray. Well, Pastor Rich, I don't know how to pray. I'm just telling you, I know that you know how to order a Big Mac from McDonald's, and I know that you know how to go to another restaurant and you can order. I'm just telling you, no, Pastor Rich, that's different. No, I'm talking, no, I'm just telling you, talk to God like you would talk to someone else. God, I'm sorry. I love you, and I need a relationship with you. And as you read into your, I'm just telling you, it's great. We have grandchildren. But I'm telling you, I don't want them saying goo goo ga ga da da all the time. I want them to be able to that when they're 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, that I can have a conversation with them. How many Christians are that way, church? They're still babies, but they've been saved for 20 years. And all they do is they say the same thing over and over. They have not developed their relationship or their, or their language with a living God. Well, that's not just me. No, I'm just telling you, I know that it's you. Because we can, we can, we can have a relationship with God. You can talk to him. I heard this other the other day and it really ministered to me. God's greatest strength is found at the point of our greatest surrender. And I just wonder, as I was thinking about being battle ready, that how many of us, that there are areas in our life that God is saying, you need to surrender there. You've been hurt. You've gone through some things. There's things in your family that you're carrying around that you need to release and surrender it to me. Or maybe the doctor or you, or has said something and there's worry and anxiety came in. There's something that in your life today that you can say, Pastor Rich, I've got to surrender it. I've got to surrender it because you know what? Part of that is, and surrender is, I've got to surrender everything that I have and take up the armor of God and put it upon my life. Does that make sense, y'all? I believe if we're going to be victorious, we've got to look at our life and say, God, is there anything in my life that is hindering you moving in my life? Because I believe that through Jesus Christ, we can be victorious in battle. The, see, well, the way I look at it, y'all, and I'm closing, I promise. The enemy may come at us, but I can tell you right now that if he destroys us, I just pray that, Lord, not just, if, if the enemy just, enemy comes in and it's my time, Lord, and you, you take to move me on, I pray that 12 would come after. Can you just imagine that if the enemy would see that we're not retreating, that we're standing there, that we're standing there, not just with our children, but our children's children, our grandchildren, and we're standing there and say, they're going to see me stand before, before God and stand and, 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 and be the soldier that God has told me to be. Um, Brother Scott, before uh, before church, he uh, 
he came and said, hey, man, everybody's wearing their BDUs. And I thought, no, okay, I, I didn't, I thought I heard that before. And uh, he came up and he, and he showed me what, what it was. And uh, it said, uh, BDU is a, a camouflage combat uniform that was used by the United States Armed Forces as, they, as a standard combat uniform from the early 1980s to the mid-2000s. And I got thinking that when we come into the house of God, that we should be able to be ready, be battle ready. And that does the enemy see that when we leave here, that man, I have my BDUs on. And I, 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 I said it this way. Instead of, BD, instead of saying the battle dress uniform, that I say battle destroying uniform. That when we go into battle, that as we go out and you're going to face things this week, church, you're going to be, as, as you go out, that you can know that God, I've been in your presence. I'm, I've, I've been praying. I've, I've been with my family. I, 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 and, I, and I believe that as I go out, Father God, that you'll give me the strength that when you want me to speak to somebody that I'll be able to speak. Lord, that that, that struggle that that person sitting here today has been struggling is for years, for five to 10 to 20 years. Maybe even is like that woman with the issue of blood that said, man, I've given all up, given hope all, all up. I, I, I don't even know what to do anymore. But today would be the day that they say, I'm leaving today differently. That I'm going to be battle ready. That as I leave, that the enemy's, that the enemy's going to know that I just don't have the clothes on, but that he's going to see it, that it's not, now it's within my heart. That I will take up the full armor of God. That I'll put on the full armor of God and that I'll stand and I'll stand and I'll stand.